I want to welcome Anthony Prince back to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. And Anthony was so great on the first episode he did with us about being an Enneagram 9 that I told him after we finished that episode that I definitely wanted him to come back. And Kat was like, well, we'll see if he wants to come back. And thankfully he did. He returned and he's just such a wise person and very soulful, calm, like an Enneagram 9 just has that really calm, easygoing way. I love being with him. I think you're going to love what he has to say in this episode as we talk about uh, solitude practices for each of the nine numbers. We call it a pause practice, and we'll get into why that's important. Um, But thanks for joining us. I think you're going to love this episode. Well, Anthony is back, so welcome back, Anthony. Um, we recently saw each other, and you said you had an idea for another podcast, and I was like, that sounds great. And I remember when we were talking about your idea, like you were wanting to talk about the importance of the pause, and so I was trying to share a Viktor Frankl quote. At least it's attributed to Viktor Frankl. I'm not sure if it was actually him. There's some dispute over that. And um, I kind of didn't say it exactly correctly, but we have it today. And that is between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I love that quote. And that's what I was trying to share with you when you were excitedly talking about the pause. But... I just love how he's saying, if we find that pause between whatever happened and our response, our reaction is regulated if we find that pause. If we don't find that pause, we usually, you know, come out with an angry or anxious response to those in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so we have to find, like, the pause, whether it's in a moment with our spouse or whether it's in our life finding that pause by going to an hour of yoga, like these are the things that regulate us and help us to respond to one another in kind ways um, and show up to be the person that I I think we all want to be. Um, But it takes work and um, it, it, it takes therapy, it takes yoga, it takes meditation. And you're going to talk to us about this and talk with us about this. Um, Also, as I think about the pause, I think it's about silence. It's about meditation. It's, like I said, about about yoga. It's about doing soul work. Um, So it's about all of these things. I love the Native American proverb, listen to the silence. It speaks. Um, The poet Rumi kind of said it in a different way. He said, listen to the silence. It has much to say. But however we we, um, think about that quote, it's when we find the pause that something in us starts to happen. Like we start to become more creative. We start to become more mindful. Like that silence starts to speak to us with ideas. It starts to say, no, no, this is really how you want to show up in the world. This is really your call. Like through that silence, we find discernment and we, we grow into this, this 
person that we want to be. Um, so, but this is hard work. Like yeah. silence is something, let's be honest, I run from it. I don't know about you guys, but it can be something I distract myself from finding. But that's what we're going to talk about today because I think when we find this, we find life. But um, I want to ask you first, why are you so passionate about this mm. topic of pausing? Um, and what are some ways we can pause in small moments and for longer periods of time? Yeah, so I mean, it it's hard to describe it without even t- bringing the Enneagram in right from the get-go. Let's but I do believe, it. you know, so for the listeners, I'm an Enneagram type nine. I think the nine is always at default on just like minimal effort. And how can we distract ourselves from the number of tasks we always say we need to and want to do mm-hmm. by creating all this space? Um, mm-hmm. So what that's meant for me has just been a, a life of a lot of avoidance. Uh, so I found, I find it way too easy to relax. I'm like, oh, there's extra time. I could just sit here for a little longer and listen to the birds sing one more song or, you know, go float down the river for like an extra 10 minutes. I'm like, no, no, they, whatever's, whatever I'm saying is important can wait. It'll come when it's supposed to, because I've noticed probably somewhere like 22, uh, I was always, I took from my mother a lot. She was a big rush, rusher type of person. She had to prep everything far in advance. And we were always 15, if not 30 minutes early to any event. Wow, um, cat's racing her hand. She, she, she's a two <laughs> with a one wing, is my estimation. Um, strong wing. Strong wing. That's that's a very strong wing. Um, and I would notice, like, as I settled into my adulthood on my own and kind of washed off all of the things that weren't my habits inherently, that were just things, you know, children take from their parents, um, I tried to be just as punctual. And I would be so stressed to get to my destinations and every single time and uh more backstory for this um so i grew up as a musician uh and so getting to the gig Mm. always the the quintessential story um trying to rally the cats of bandmates musicians are cats and they're so tough to herd yeah um and i would be so pressed we have to get to the venue doors or uh load in is at 5 30 we have to get there 5 30 and living in atlanta trying to get somewhere, let alone during rush hour, um, was just one of the hardest things. And that was the lifestyle as I knew it in Atlanta, was always trying to get to somewhere by a certain time. And regardless of whether I was early or not, even if I was five minutes late, I realized why was I stressed? Because this still worked out. Mm. That was a long way to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I kind of started noticing just, okay, how can I be a little more intentional about easing myself off my own gas, uh, maybe just coast, don't even, don't even break, just accelerate mm-hmm. and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, that's the way I actually drive now, it's funny. Mm. Um, and of course, when yoga started coming in, I started having more observation that like, oh, by default, I just inherently pause. Um, my body already knows how to respond to stress, mm-hmm. or if I'm speaking too fast to take a deep breath, mm-hmm. or to slow. There's always room for it. Um, and so I started getting very heavy handed into the practice of breath work. Every single morning, especially during COVID, uh, I would give myself 10 minutes um, just to sit and breathe, have mm-hmm. a journal open with a pen. Maybe I'd write something, maybe I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving myself the option to express if it comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially as a nine, I think... Um, 
really this applies to anybody, but myself as a nine, we always attract the opposites to us, right? So mm-hmm. I've noticed very hurried people always around me. Even my roommate here, who I'd never met until I got to the house. And I said, hi, I'm Anthony. Good to meet you in person. Uh, lo and behold, we love each other dearly. It's been a year that we've lived together. Um, but this man is constantly doing, constantly accomplishing. And when I get to see that aspect of people, I'm like, I almost feel tired and winded. Like, I need mm-hmm. to take a break. Um, mm-hmm. And then they'll, usually at some point, these are past best friends. These are all past roommates. They all have the same trait. And they'll be like, Anthony, how do I just sit? I don't know how to sit. And I said, mm-hmm. sit down. Mm-hmm. Sit with me. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it starts with like very, very simple actions. It's not very complicated. And what you start to see happening as you open up the flower uh, is just all the things you started with, you know, Mm. pieces of your own personality that come up. Hell, maybe it's even like your mind and your body were moving at 90 miles an hour. You stop your body, your mind still moves. It's like everything starts to hit you. Like you're just crashing into a brick wall and then you can start to pick apart and say, well, I don't know that I need to think about that right now. That can certainly wait. And you start playing this game of, you know, kind of the center, center point of meditation or breath work is like, slowing down your rate of thinking enough that you can dissect. Okay, need this, don't need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that exists. Uh, you know, looking at the thoughts passing like cars on the street. Mm. Kind of counting, kind of a way of counting sheep until the street is empty, ideally. Yeah. Or just seldom car passes by here and there. You know, so that's something I've become very passionate with. Uh, as mm. a coach, um, I found myself attracted to people who are very busy, have no self-care practice. Uh, and I just, when I show them how to breathe, it's almost, it's just, it baffles me how amazing something so simple was that someone that they just weren't able to learn across Mm -hmm. the way or along the way, um, Mm -hmm. and how big of an impact that can have. So, you know, my hope today is just Mm -hmm. to be able to share that importance and maybe we can talk about, you know, the various ways this applies to different types of personalities. I bet that is your superpower as a coach is we all are living these kind of frenetic lives Mm -hmm. where it's go, go, do, do. And um, you do have the gift of presence. Like right now I see that in you. You're just very calm. You're very grounded. You're very settled. And so uh, I think you'd be a great coach for somebody who has a very busy life and needs to learn self-care, needs to learn how to slow down, needs to learn, like you said, just the simple breath work. Mm -hmm. So I would commend you to check out Anthony's uh, coaching. Um, Do you have a website that people can check out? What is that? Yeah, for sure. That is mindfulrhythmwellness.com. No, sorry, dot... I switched it up twice. It's mindfulrhythm.life. That's what it is. Dot life. Okay. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that domain name and I said, holy cow, I got to go for the life. I love it. It's just it. too good. I love it. <laughs> and it's well, cheaper than calm. Yeah. Well, we will post that on our website yes. under the episode's notes. So even if you said it wrong, you will post yeah. the right one. That's so right. people can just click and find you. And then you... Talk to our listeners and us about the uh, specific practices that you're using in your life today mm-hmm. that help you pause. And on a, um, you know, sort of contrary, how does your life look like? What does your life look like when you don't do these practices mm-hmm. that help you pause? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well then, um, starting with the practices, uh, sh- there's so many ways that you can breathe, uh, but I think in the context is what matters most. Sure, just take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. You know, inhale in, take a pause, hold that, then let it go. That already felt really good for me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I am a practitioner and teacher of mindfulness as well. So what that means, and more than just a buzzword, mm-hmm. is uh, we have five primary senses. We could go into the rabbit hole of other senses that exist, but for the sake of this conversation, we don't need to. Um, and sure, we use them all the time, but primarily in the society we live in a sense of sight all the time. What we see is what we believe, what we see is what we're going off of. Uh, I mean, there's not really much more to it when you're driving a car, and like that's the primary sense that's developed uh, as you live your life. Um, and so we tend to start to dull the other senses. So our sense of hearing might not be that strong, our sense of touch, smell, taste. Uh, so I actually like to do a little mindfulness practice where I just sit outside or stand outside mm-hmm. and I'll just kind of go through the senses. I'll say, okay, what do I smell? Isolating just the sense of smell, kind of going around the wheel with spending about a minute or two with each one. Mm-hmm. Um, and eyes closed, mind you, just so we can just tune that in. Um, and by the time I get to isolating the sense of sight, my eyes are still closed and there's still things to notice in that space. You know, the floating objects, the bacteria on your eyes, the light poking through your eyelids, mm-hmm. um, almost radiating like water on a pool, if, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll start playing with pairs. So I might isolate and try to focus on just my sense of hearing as well with my sense of touch, um, noticing those two things, and maybe even creating uh, a bigger picture with just just those two tools. I could say, well, I feel the wind kind of striking my right side. I hear it as well. Uh, I can also feel how the wind is cutting through this tree that's not too far away from me. Um, you know, so just creating the reconnecting the senses back to each other is yeah. the exercise. You know, you can do that with smell and taste, so on and so forth, slowly expanding your way to maybe three at a time, four or five, which is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it's trying to be aware of all of your senses at once, I think, is where probably pinnacle yogis are at the top of their mountain, and they're living on that huge high. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that has to be the goal by any means, um, but that's more of my practice. So I'll play with that depending on how I feel for the day, uh, and I'll sit, or I'll walk with it. Walking and hiking uh, while pr- going through the senses is my most fun and enjoyed activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially for people who are doers in this society. They need something to do. They can't sit still. This yeah. is what we're going to do. We're going to go take a walk. Um, it's fun. I'll do that with virtual clients as well. i say, okay, well, we're going to go for a walk. Put me on your screen. Carry me with you. Show me what you got happening around you. Uh, and we just have a good time with that. Yeah. Um, Sure, there's plenty of other self-care things, uh, but that's the primary way of pausing. You know, if you mm. want to take a bath, if food is your thing for taking that pause in space or sipping a long glass of wine or playing music, you still need to engage with all these things with your senses. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the doorway. Now, what happens to me when I don't have this in line mm-hmm. is complete and utter chaos. I think this might be a little bit of an assumption, but... For every other type that doesn't have nine aspects to it, 
I think their life might get a little more uh, fuzzy, static, white noise, kind of like the TVs used to do when Mm -hmm. people used to have cable. Um, Wild. (laughs) 2022. Um, And for the nine, I think it just gets very dissociative and quiet. Um, I actually realized that um, my what I need to be doing is activating more fire. Mm. So I'll still go with these exercises. You know, sometimes I do have high anxiety, um, but, and I need to use this mindfulness practice to bring energy down so I can start slowly stacking myself back up. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of like, you know, Lego pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, But really depends on just who's around um, Mm -hmm. because my personality soaks up whatever it is that's recent. Um, if it's just me by myself, my tendency, my default will fall down to a minimal effort, yeah. mild energy. Cool. I need to stoke my fire a little bit. I'll throw in some breath of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I spend a lot of time around people, then it's like, I need to start purging all of that energy off of me because that's yeah. where I have to dial down and mindfully just breathe my way back to neutral. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about pausing and um, being in the present moment and just what recommendations you have for our listeners about how they can do that. Like, mm-hmm. what, are some, what are some practices that will help them to pause and enter the present moment? Hmm. Let's start counting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I like to tell my clients that are highly anxiety, anxious, anxious, throw that into a dictionary. <laughs> We're highly anxious. New words, new words. Yeah. Um, to just stop being you for a moment and be the most base thing you can be. Be the sound of your footsteps walking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, start counting the colors that you see in a room. Um, even my favorite game is sitting outside and thinking, okay, well, what's the furthest sound I can hear? Now what's the closest? Now what's the furthest again? Mm-hmm. Um, so really just coming back to playing with these with, with my senses and just being a huge mm-hmm. child about it. Because um, this is, I think, almost what I would do all the time. Yeah. Uh, you hear a sound, you want to go monkey see, monkey do, go fiddle with it or figure out what it is. And um, you just get out of the world as we know it with, you know, work and hustle and grinding and goal setting and just throw all that aside for a minute mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it comes back kind of the same thing almost mm-hmm. paying attention paying attention yeah being present yeah yeah finding your way out of the hustle like you said mm-hmm. so cat had said in a recent episode that we were going to start with a nine because the nines kind of always end up at the back of the bus and and we're not going to leave them out they are not going to be last this time so we're starting with the nines and of course we have our nine here who will have some good input and what we're going to talk about is each of the nine numbers and some sort of solitude silence practices meditation mindfulness suggestions for each number and um, that would benefit them and each one of us is going to have an offering and you as the listener may be thinking about what you think may be great for each of the nine numbers but again we're starting with a nine and um so my offering which is funny because anthony said this earlier was breath of fire or lion's breath like that i think as far as like 
a, a meditation practice for a nine, that that's just great. You find a deep inhale and then exhale. I don't know if you can hear me well on a podcast, but you're just letting out the breath of its lion's breath. And of course, breath of fire, um, it's a little bit more involved, but again, it's that, that finding that deeper breath. And so I just think that can cause a lot of activation to happen in the body of a nine and that they need more of that fire, like you said. So that would be a, a mindful meditation mm-hmm. practice that I would suggest for any of our nine listeners. And I want to hear from the nine himself. So mm-hmm. what is your offering? Man, get in the body. Uh, yeah. It is in the body triad. Any practice that's going to have a sustained engagement of the muscles. Mm-hmm. So yoga, weightlifting, sure, running, mm-hmm. hiking, um, something that's not just over in like 15 mm-hmm. or 20 minutes because mm-hmm. like it does take a nine a lot of time to warm up. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they get into the body, now they've gotten themselves in motion. Like I've mentioned earlier, nine in motion stays in motion. Cool. Run, run from that activity to your next, to your to-do list. Yeah. And that's going to set you up so well and you're going to be so much more present and alive and almost like feeling normal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Air quote normal, but you know, present. Yeah. Up, yeah. Being able to keep up with everybody else when you feel like, shoot, why am I the most exhausted person in the room? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I absolutely love it. So I um, thought of two suggestions and I'm just going to say this. So we, you know, Christy and Anthony are going to offer their suggestions specifically for every number. I'm going to generalize this time around. So if you're, I know I'm, I'm taking (laughs) off the road. Um, so if you, if you listen to my suggestions, I just want to say that I think they would apply to any number because frankly, this is all about behavioral patterns and I don't think it's about what you do I think it's about your intention behind doing it Mm. so if you know the 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 intention you know could be could be different for all the numbers but the activity could be the same but specifically for the nine I was thinking singing and it's kind of the same with the breath work like you cannot not breathe well when you're singing and i'm not a singer at all mm. but it so so i don't have a voice and i usually am very embarrassed about it but even if you're like me singing in the car if you're a yogi doing a little bit of chanting and you can find beautiful chants on itunes or wherever you're listening to and just kind of singing along or even doing like a silent om I think it would create a nice pause and it could be energizing depending on the mm-hmm. song and whatnot. So something like that. And also, um, Anthony has mentioned about um, scaling down things for them to be not just accessible but sustainable. Mm-hmm. So picking something small um, but doing it frequently and consistently, whether it's getting up and making your bed and that would be the start for the day. Or, you know, completing, you know, um, I don't know, two minutes of journaling or committing to, you know, sitting quietly for one minute every day. So something that is accessible and sustainable. That to me, but but feels like you you set the goal, you started and you completed it. I think for a nine that would do wonders. Such a wonderful cycle. Oh, thank you, sir. So write it down first. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. I love that. And I I love singing because singing 
always takes me to the present moment. Right. You know, so no matter what's going on in the headspace, right. if I start to sing, I immediately engage my diaphragm right. and the breath. Mm-hmm. And it it's going to take me away from any anxious, frenetic thoughts. Right. So, yeah, sing your little heart mm-hmm. out. I love that. You know, I'm a singer, right? And right, you exactly. are a singer, right, right. yeah, and a bass. Yeah, so we do. We have a singer in the room <laughs> who approves of that. So love that suggestion, Kat. So let's find um, or go to our eights now. Um, so what I would like to offer for the eights is they need to become more like the two and be more empathetic and compassionate in order to be their healthiest self. So the compassion meditation, sometimes we call it the meta meditation. Um, So for that compassion meditation, there are many ways to do the compassion meditation, but often we start by thinking about like how we could have compassion to ourselves, and we're breathing in love for ourselves, and then we might visualize somebody in our life who needs love. So we're thinking about a friend or family member who's suffering. We see them in our mind's eye. We send them love and compassion. Uh, Sometimes the next step of the compassion meditation is to think about a place in the world. So right now we might be thinking about the Ukraine Mm -hmm. and just sending love and compassion to that area of the world. And then the last step of the meta meditation is to think about somebody in our life who there's tension with Mm -hmm. and to imagine them and to see them in our heart and mind and then to send them love. Mm-hmm. And I really think that practice is good for all of us, like Kat said. Mm-hmm. But for eights, that's going to help them to develop more compassion, but it's also going to help them to soften. Mm-hmm. And and for the, you know, the eight who has such a strong presence and needs to move in to that space of the heart, yeah. that is going to be their soul work. Yep. So I would say all of us need that practice. That's one of my favorite forms of meditation for mm-hmm. myself because it really helps me a lot with forgiveness right. but especially for an eight with moving into the heart space mm-hmm. um so what are your thoughts anthony i think adding on to yours it's uh in order to activate that pause strength uh probably self-affirmation mm. Would, you know everyone can benefit from self-affirming but yeah um creating empathy towards yourself now creates it outwardly yeah right? so eights find that very useful uh, my teacher uh, and um, beloved yoga mama, Netta Dropity, uh, shout out, she is a strong fire-winged eight. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and everything she does is like a bat out of hell. Mm-hmm. Boom. Mm-hmm. There she is. You can't mm-hmm. miss her. Um, but what I've observed from the stories she's told me of her upbringing was like she was very blind to her own self. Uh, because she was so high driven and so fast and so powerful and so strong mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, like what you're saying, uh, the empathy triggers whatever we can use to f- they can use to find them mm-hmm. is going to be the greatest thing to, you know, slow down, mm-hmm. recognize, well, where does this huge amount of energy need to be directed? Mm-hmm. Because they totally need to turn on the rudders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, just, they just don't know where um, until mm-hmm. they take a second. I love that. You know, when I think about the eights, I kind of think about the nines. So when we're talking about the nines, nines could use help with a little bit of a stoke in the fire. The eights could sometimes have excess of that fire. They're so passionate. They're so strong. Mm. They could be so 
almost domineering. So I think a yin practice, because when we think yin practice, and for our listeners, this is the, you know, slower, uh, cooler kind of practice. So in other words, stretching. But if you're thinking about yin, it's a complete opposite of a power practice. So it is cool, it is dark, and it is slow. And mm-hmm. all of us could benefit from yin. Go see Anthony in his classes. <laughs> but especially an eight kind of letting the fire cool off a little bit and mm-hmm. literally being in stillness and being maybe in the dark and being in the coolness and seeing how that would balance out. Oh yeah. Oh, getting water. That's right? uh, that I meant to say that too. So I think an A could benefit from like sitting in the water. Yeah. Cold shower. Ooh, that's yeah. a good idea. And you know, if you don't even like the cool shower, maybe even bathtub with cool water mm-hmm. and just put your feet down because our feet are so tired. We're on our feet all day, every day. Just mm-hmm. cool down your cool feet down. if mm-hmm. you don't want to do the the whole submersion. Mm-hmm. That'd be good mm-hmm. too. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. So for our seven, um, I think anything that is grounding, um, you know, so if you're in seated meditation, just focus on grounding your sitting bones towards the earth below you. If you're in a chair, you're putting two feet to the earth, maybe even your hands on your thighs, palms face down is always a very grounding posture. If you're in Shavasana, just focusing on your whole body rooting down to the earth below you. I mean, anything for a seven to get rid of some of that scattered energy and to find themselves like just at one with the earth, I think is going to be helpful. So of course the breath is going to be helpful with that, but also just really focusing on, um, putting two feet on the earth. A lot of times if we see pictures of a seven, they're like jumping up on top of a mountain or they're riding a bike and you can see the bike kind of flying in the air. I mean, these are adventurous people who know how to like be adventurous and do things where there's a lot of flight and they're, they've got almost two feet off of the earth. So to get back to the earth below them mm-hmm. Is, is very healing for them. Your husband just went on a big, right. like, mountain biking adventure. I know, I know. Adventure, and it was crazy. He was on the bike for 12 and a half hours, y'all, <laughs> in the woods with a map and, like, purifying tablets for his water. I mean, seriously, you couldn't pay me enough. But to your point, um, there is a practice. So my suggestion for a seven, for a seven, there's a practice of grounding, and mm-hmm. that is literally taking your shoes and your socks off. Which I've studied with a teacher. Um, his name is Leslie Kamenoff. He is to me a god of anatomy. But he called shoes coffins for our feet. I'm like you are a true yogi mm-hmm. because you know in yoga we're all barefooted. But taking your socks and shoes off, if it's possible. And literally either walking on the grass or walking on the on on the earth on the ground and that is a grounding practice mm-hmm. period uh, and for I think for everyone it would be so beneficial but for seven literally plant your feet on the earth take your shoes off take your shoes off and feel the little pebbles feel the little grass poking you and frankly, so good for all of us because there's so many nerve ending in the soles of our feet. That mm-hmm. is one of the reasons we practice yoga barefoot. Um, 
it's so stimulating for your internal organs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's my little question for everybody. If you like it, if you're a different number, take it. Nice. I actually do that. I walk my dog barefoot. Right? Mm-hmm. Neighbors have gotten to know me as the barefoot guy. Yes. They'll greet me with, hey, where are your shoes? Yeah. No, no. Actually, they'll greet me with, hey, you've got your shoes on today. <laughs> like, okay. That's funny. Because um, I understand it's strange. It's counterculture. Uh, I have never been more stressed out and also excited by any number more than the seven. Uh, because... Uh, depending on my mood and my mode, I'm not sure that I'm going to keep up with this never-ending stream of energy and plan-making. And so from my observation, having been close to so many sevens in my life, how do you know to appreciate what you're doing when you're anticipating the next thing? Mm -hmm. Really take, like, that earthing practice of feet to the earth uh, seriously and also just take a few mindful breaths at a time. Yeah. Let your mind just clear everything out. That doorway practice, they could use that. Right. Because mm-hmm. they, they just, they don't even want to, they'll kick through the door. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> Let's yeah. get this going. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll just enjoy their, their, their activity, their go-to, their joy so much more mm-hmm. if they just let themselves be slow for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just slow down. Breathe. I love enjoy. that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Slow down. I love it. All right. So for the six, um, I think there's so many things for six that would be helpful because their sort of deadly sin is anxiety. And so anything to move them out of that fear. But I um, thought about guided meditations where they're focusing, Mm -hmm. the person who's leading the meditation is focusing on a safe space, you know, and, and asking the six to imagine like that safe space in their home or a safe space like at the beach or a place that just calms them where they know that they can be present and safe. I think that that would be important. I think a guided meditation where the um, person offering it was helping them to think about the future and helping them to think about finding courage and, and building trust. Um, So, so finding sort of, guided meditation that can help you to move out of the anxiety into the present moment would just be one thought for a six um anthony Mm. what what comes up for you man uh i think when i think about six it's whether counterphobic or phobic personality type it's get out of your comfort zone um which might typically be the cage of your house Mm -hmm. uh, or bedroom Mm -hmm. even even more confined uh, and you can still know that you can still have the comfort of a safe space wherever you go. So like perhaps a place outside where you can sit mm. is and create a little nest, temporary home mm-hmm. away from home. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a park bench. Maybe it's a blanket out in the park. Mm. Um, and just let whatever, you know, nature wants to offer you that day, just give it to you. Um, Ooh, I like that, like know. an indoor or outdoor sanctuary that a yeah. six creates. Yeah, yeah. and uh, if it's if it's accessible, because I know this isn't applicable to everybody, but uh, get a friend who you trust and feel safe around and go for a walk. Sometimes mm-hmm. doing the things by yourself is not appealing. Mm-hmm. And I have known a six or two to be that way. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, there was a thing I could have done, but I didn't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, you should ask me. I'll go. Next yeah. time it happens, call yeah. me. Anybody wants to go for a walk? Yeah. Call me. 
<laughs> six if you want to go for a walk, call Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I think about the, the the six. My offering would be restorative yoga and yoga nidra. Mm. Now let me talk a little bit about both. So love it. If you know, it's a controversial topic in yoga world right now whether yoga can be called therapeutic or not. So I'm not going to go there. Um, I think every practitioner can decide for themselves whether yoga practice feels therapeutic or not. But I know for a fact that restorative yoga practices are wonderful for people with PTSD, with past trauma, with any kind of fear-based emotions that they're struggling with. And in essence, what you're talking about is sort of doing nothing for extended period of time. So the difference between power vinyasa and yin is vinyasa has a sort of sharper edge. Yin still has an edge to it, just not as sharp. Restorative yoga has no edge to it at all. There's no effort for a practitioner to experience the restorative practice. And that is the whole beauty of it. You are just allowing yourself to get down to the neuro level when there's no effort happening and your nervous system gets to recalibrate mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. So that's the magic of restorative. Yoga Nidra is yogic sleep. And it is the neatest practice I've ever experienced. For me, it was... I was awake but I was not awake mm -hmm. kind of sensation and a little bit um, of uh, yoga uh, in encyclopedia I'm reading a book right now uh, about um, Indian culture and uh, Nidra is actually a goddess of sleep so yoga Nidra is yoga of sleep and again you're able to relax to the point of anxiety sort of melts away fear melts away and I think a sex could really benefit from that yeah. I love that. Right. I, I teach Nidra. You teach, well, Anthony, t so not only a walk, y'all, but also yoga Nidra Everything practice. restorative. It's phenomenal. And I think, again, I'm going to say for every number, it, we're living in mm -hmm. a society where we think just pausing is rest. No. Mm -hmm. to, so to, to get under all of the layers of noise and effort and sensation and completely drop into nothingness and reside there that's a restorative practice and it's magical mm -hmm. anyway that's I that's a six love those suggestions so for our five mm -hmm. um i think that the five is so comfortable more than any other number just withdrawing to their home and um has this comfort with being alone that's beautiful like that's their superpower in a lot of ways um and yet we need one another we've mm -hmm. talked a lot about this and um on the podcast that no one is an island right mm -hmm. that and we're created to be in community and so for the five to do any sort of practice that's a mindful practice in community would really benefit them so mm -hmm. that they can engage in the world so go to a yoga class and you know one of the things we've talked about many times mm -hmm. is that 
fives are the number that we don't see at the yoga studio. Is when we have lots of people come up to us at the different yoga studios that you teach at and that I attend who will say, you know, I know my yoga number, I mean my Enneagram number, and I'm a nine, I'm an eight, I'm a six, but we don't hear five very often. Mm-hmm. We, we, we know one or two, but that's about it. Like, We're looking for you five. We're always <laughs> yeah. looking. We're yes. always looking. So but, even yeah. though it's hard, like show up to the yoga studio, you know, go to Kat's class, go to Anthony's class. Um, and it's, it's, you're going to feel reticent to do that. Like naturally you're more comfortable being by yourself and maybe even doing like yoga with Adrian is a lot more comfortable than going to the studio. Um, and if you're doing with yoga with Adrian, I commend you for that. I think she's great, but I do think as a five, you need community. Yeah. And so um, try that. Move past that discomfort and show up to the studio. Um, so that's one thought. But what do you have for us, Anthony? It's a tricky one um, because, like you said, they're the most comfortable with it. I will agree with that. Um but I would maybe say as far as creating more of a restorative practice or just slowing down the consumption of information might mm-hmm. be what pausing means for a five is maybe pick up poetry. Um, spend some time reading a poem. Sit on it. Mm. Let it. Let it settle, wash over you like a nice woolly blanket. And you're slowing down, but you're still able to, you know, consume and a just slower digestible rate so hopefully i like it what i, I would that. suggest for a five is uh there's a practice and i am i'm at a loss for word but basically it is a mindful body relaxation so i would say for a five it's very important to feel the feels below the neck get out of your thinking mind and get into your physical body and the way that you can do it fairly simply is either sit or lay down and kind of trace your body either feet all the way up to the crown of the head or crown of the head all the way down to the feet and what you do is you focus you bring your entire focus on just portion of your body so say you're starting the feet so you think about the feet and you focus on the sensation in the feet and then you relax them and then you go up the leg and you focus on your shins your knees and then you relax them and so on and so forth and literally working all the way through the body so you feel not only you relax every single portion but you feel it and I think that's very important for a five to kind of get out of the head and the thinking mind mm-hmm. and feel. Yeah, and, and getting into the body. The, the five is probably mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. disembodied yeah. of all of the nine numbers. Yeah. So I think that that's an excellent meditation to move through. You can start like um, Kat said from, you know, your crown chakra and go all the way down or from your feet and go all the way up. But that's a really um, great practice for the five. That was part one with Anthony Prince. Stay tuned for our next episode, finishing up the interview, part two with Anthony Prince. But also, right after this word from our sponsor, you're going to get to dive into a meditation led by Anthony Prince. And it's a beautiful one. It's a little longer than our usual meditation but just more time for introspection and solitude, which is, of course, our theme. And just a reminder that if you're looking for a coach, I really do think Anthony would be a great one 
for helping you to develop a stronger meditation practice and to find more ways to slow down and rest and find balance in your life. Thanks again for joining us. Look forward to being with you soon. Welcome to Intonal Sanctuary. My name is Anthony. And today I'll be guiding you through a meditation through the form of visualization. Visualization, if you're not familiar, is a method of transporting your mind into a different place in time. We often do this in times of stress or anxiety, but we also do this in times of joy in the form of nostalgia, reveling in the past, of times left behind. Either way you use this fight-or-flight mechanism, we're going to use it today to take a break from our day. Perhaps you're winding down for bed or a nap. Either way, be grateful that you set aside the time today to take care of yourself. So before we begin, find a comfortable seat. Maybe that's on the floor, up against your bed, or a wall, or in a chair. Maybe even laying all the way down on the floor or your bed. Whatever position you choose, make sure that your spine is firm and straight. Place your hands either together on top of your thighs, on the floor, palm facing up, palms facing down, maybe clasped and in your lap, or over your belly if you're laying down. Close your eyes, and we'll warm up with a few rounds of cleansing breaths. Wherever you are, expel all the breath in your lungs, and join me for an inhale. Inhale.
slowly slower. Now as we dive deep, should you lose your attention and focus, gently guide yourself back. Know that it is okay and it is encouraged to start over when you need to start. that was just on pause. Use the synthesizer as a focal point of reference to come back to as a guide. I'd like you to start by imagining a place that is comfortable to you. Perhaps this is a childhood home, a job, Notice what it feels like 
take a second step and walk at your own pace. Explore at your own pace. Has anything changed? Has anything new introduced itself? Perhaps you could paint a little bit more of the scenery of this space that you consider a home in life. yourself back in a space you consider home. Maybe you have that in your life right now, and maybe you don't. Maybe there's an absence of that, but there was a understanding of what home feels like. Regardless of your mindset, regardless of the stress, this peace, this space that you created is always here for you, centered around your heart space. that was significant. 